Mighty Thor podcast, where each and every week we explore the world of Marvel's Mighty Thor. I'm your host, Ryan Doze, and today we are joined by Stephen Backhouse to talk about the entire Marvel event from 2014, Original Sin. Now, you've probably heard, uh, maybe if you're just familiar with comics uh, from a, an outside viewer's lens, you might have heard a little bit about the implications of this storyline, especially for our guy, Thor. This is the story where Thor becomes unworthy of Mjolnir. So there's a lot of Thor in here. The implications really spanned a few years after this. So much came out of this story. And it is written by the phenomenal Jason Aaron, who was known, is still known, for writing the mighty Thor. So... This story is going to be great to dig into. I just want to encourage you at the front of the episode to go rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify. Ratings really help us. Reviews help us even more because that is how we know from you what you're liking, what you're enjoying, how we can create a show that you will enjoy even more. So if you would go do that before we get rolling along here, maybe pause the show right here and then get on with the show. That would really be helpful and we would appreciate that. We've got a lot of great stuff coming up on the show. Today we're talking about Original Sin. Next week we're going to talk about an Original Sin side story. And then coming up for the majority of this year, we are going to talk about Jason Aaron's entire run on Thor to lead up to Thor Love and Thunder coming out this summer. Oh my gosh, there's so much Thor stuff, so much Thor content that's going to be coming out this year. We want to make sure that you are prepared for the Mighty Asgardians big, big 60th anniversary. So this is a great place to start. Stephen Backhouse. Myself, Original Sin, starting right now. Well, everybody, here is our chat for the day. We have finally gotten to, we did this a little bit out of order. We, we talked about the repercussions, the, the, uh, the results of Original Sin after after uh we, we should have probably talked about original sin first well we're finally getting to it we talked about the results of it way back in november we're talking about the actual event today with steven backhouse who uh he and i go back a little a little bit of a ways uh through his podcast but i want to oh, yes. let steven introduce himself and tell you guys a little bit about him uh well so i'm a doctor of political theology and I'm an, an author. I wrote the biography of Soren Kierkegaard, the Danish philosopher and rabble rouser. And I do a lot of work to do with uh, religion and politics. And um, I'm a critic of nationalism and various forms of patriotism and that kind of stuff. And I run, so I, I used to teach, at, I've taught at various universities and now I've gone freelance. I'm a writer, I'm a teacher. Uh, and I often act as a sort of consultant for various organizations that are trying to organize themselves well. So I, because of this political theology side of me, I, I always often get asked to help organizations like, how do we use power well? How do we organize ourselves well? How do we build institutions that don't hurt people? So that's the kind of work I do. And, and I don't um, get to talk about comics very much. This which, is which is, so um, there's another person kind of uh, floating around in the, the ether of, of our relationship, uh, Sean McCoy, uh, had okay. he had recommended to me to um to consult and talk with people about things they love and not the things that are their work yeah and right so, and so you've referenced comics before i believe you have you have at least a few um uh was it you, you have like a west coast avengers uh oh yeah and, i can yeah I, I, i'll talk about those you can't see them today because i'm in a different location but i i have a wall of comics behind me all the time when i'm doing my my zoom calls and stuff so yeah. so steven is uh he is uh and I, i'm saying this i'm not being i'm not being asked to say this but uh he is uh truly brilliant we've he's helped me through some you know some existential crises through the last uh, few years which has been super helpful but i knew that he also was a big big fan of comics and i um, mean i know you really like immortal hulk which immediately gets you street cred with any comic book fan uh yeah. and, 
and we were, I was just talking through, through uh, stuff with him uh, one day and was like, Hey, would you like to come on and talk about, uh, you know, like a, a Thor related storyline. And I've always wanted to do original sin. Well, it's very theological, isn't it? Original sin incredibly, is incredibly, incredibly. And I, I just thought Stephen's voice would add a lot of value to this conversation. So, and there was some politics in here too. I was very interested by this. So, this yeah, is what I want to so talk about. It, it helps. It helps that uh, Stephen lives in these worlds, and also he's a fan of the medium that we're going to be yeah. breaking down. So, this is going to be a pretty free flowing discussion. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about the base storyline of Original Sin. Um, and then next week, we're going to talk about the side story that was happening at the same time that features more Thor and Loki and the 10th realm, which is a, a, was, is a fairly new concept in Thor's mythology within Marvel Comics. But this uh, storyline has uh, eight numbered issues, and then it has an issue zero. And this uh, event started out in 2014. A lot of different things were happening in Marvel Comics around this time. But this, this arc bled into all different areas of the Marvel Universe. And I just kind of want to, like, before we break down the plot, I just want to, Stephen, first impressions of this story um, and uh, just kind of some of your opening thoughts about it. I'd love to hear them. Well, I'm not a... So I, I definitely am a Marvel guy. I was way more of a Marvel guy. Well, I am a Marvel guy, but I was way more into really staying on top of everything in the 90s and the early 2000s. Okay. And so 2014, I was not up on things. So yeah. to me, like, was Original Sin one of their crossover? Is this a big crossover type oh, yeah. event? This is yeah. their big event. So okay. There was a few books that went along with this. It, Original Sin, the main thing, and then they yeah. had a hulk versus iron man book that was going on at the same time then the okay. Thor and loki one and then there was another side series called original sins okay. where it dove into like how because characters that aren't referenced in this book like dr doom has an issue at least one issue of original sins the okay. inhumans have a you know it, people that okay. weren't necessarily directly involved here they have some side books for them right. and of course this bled into people's uh, individual books um you know the, yeah. the solo titles so yeah it so was my last cross. big crossover was yeah. was civil war so i i read the civil wars i really followed that i and love the, civil war crossover yeah and the avengers disassembled as well that that event I, I i remember enjoying that yeah a lot of that i enjoyed so i'm like a michael bendis guy i like bendis i like yeah no Ed, bendis yeah. is awesome so i but then but then i kind of burnt out on it just financially as well i couldn't really keep affording it anymore we all got so this <laughs> this was fun because i because i didn't really like i didn't enjoy the secret invasion i didn't enjoy the scroll the secret okay. scrolls and all that and and that's where i got a little bit like i don't know i just started to get tired of the events yeah so then i started to be more interested in just solo titles and i was more interested in reading like i, I stopped caring about the the actual storylines of of the marvel universe and i started just more interested in specific authors or, or runs okay that weren't like like the stuff about i don't know moon knight for example i just went back yeah. and read some moon knight things yeah. or i was enjoying some of the i like bendis's run on daredevil i don't know i just kind of found people that i liked that were it wasn't connected to the big marvel yeah, uh, yeah, most up to date storylines, for example. Yeah, and then of course the the Hulks. I love that. Yeah, I've really I kind of enjoy the supernatural stuff just because the horror stuff. I really enjoyed that. The, uh, so this was yeah. fun to me. Original Sin was like my step back into big event Marvel, which I hadn't really paid much attention to. So that I think was fun. You you actually you you hit on something right there with um and this is kind of a side conversation yeah. in and of itself, but I'd love to go here with you that big event marvel can either be like the most spectacular thing like yeah my, my opinion civil war yeah or <laughs> it can fall flat and it's like we spent six months devoted to this storyline as an entire company well, that's i always find it starts well and then it ends and you're like just finish already or just like civil war even i thought they started really well and they weren't it's almost like they weren't smart enough they they weren't as smart as the idea they came up with or something it, like it, you, you yeah. kind of notice them hap that happens like all the writers maybe it's just because there's so many writers trying to tell the story it's kind of like 
the story yeah. is smarter than the writers are. <laughs> it's a giant complex, you know, it can be a giant complex yeah. like masterpiece or it can be a giant complex mess towards the end. And it's like, well, wait, but hold on. Back in issue three of this, you said something, but then in here, you're, it's like a throwaway line. Oh yeah, that big plot from earlier on didn't matter. And there's actually points in Original Sin where- right. Why in the world did we do this for three issues that are four issues right. all to be like, oh, by the way. What were some of those? What are some of those hanging threads? Okay. I didn't follow all of the stories. So, so um, <laughs> let's, okay. Let me give a broad overview yeah, of what Original yeah. Sin is. And then we'll kind of, we'll dig into our favorite parts and our, you know, maybe some parts we weren't as big of fans of. And for listeners, Oftentimes, listeners are like, Ryan, when are you going to critique something? Today, I'm going to critique something. Uh, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll be critical as well. And But here's the main plot of, of, of the original Sin uh, crossover event, which 30,000 foot view, the Watcher, who is uh, Uatu, he is sworn to always view what is happening on in the universe and to never interfere. He has a terrible track record of always interfering. Um, or he indirectly interferes. <laughs> it's it's like I followed the letter of the law, but I didn't follow the spirit of the law. Uh, and Uatu is murdered on the moon, and our boy Thor is the one that finds him. He's the first person on the scene. Steve Rogers and the Avengers and uh, Nick Fury, who is a Nick. This is pretty much a Nick Fury centric crossover event. Um, yeah. it's, it is Nick Fury's big. Uh, big penta you know his ultimate storyline um all the avengers get involved and then these mysterious teams start going off on these rabbit trails to find uh, to find evidence um of the killer of Owatu. that he's been up to a lot of other stuff he's been killing monsters throughout time he's been you know doing interdimensional uh warfare with supernatural beings and all, all this stuff happens and and you know leaving green bullets everywhere leaving yeah leaving gamma bullets everywhere um and uh so that, that was an interesting little um little part of like that's a really big bullet and it's going <laughs> green why um usually things in the marvel universe that glow green not good um but the story takes a lot of winding turns and people, you know, heroes turn on other heroes and, you know, there's uh, life model decoys of Nick Fury because it wouldn't be a Nick Fury story without life model decoys. Um, and a lot of craziness ensues to answer one question, who killed the watcher? So it's, it's like a cosmic superhero mystery story. It's like a game of clue being played out over eight issues in an entire funny. comic book universe. Um, and we come to the end and uh, this series came out in 2014, 2015, so I'm not terribly worried about spoilers, but you find out that Nick Fury killed the Watcher uh, because uh, the Watcher had seen all of the crimes that, you know, all the crimes that Nick Fury had done to save the Marvel Universe, but they were crimes nonetheless, and uh, Nick Fury kills the Watcher, and then at the very end, Nick Fury assumes the role of the Watcher. Uh, with his eye so all of that and you might think this is a thor podcast this ain't a nick fury podcast why are we talking so much about nick fury there's two key moments with thor in this storyline um and i just want to touch on those right now and then we'll we'll nitpick yeah. um, because i want to give our our boy the headline at the front that he is the one that discovers Uatu is dead um, he is the first person on the scene. So he's the one that alerts, you know, the Avengers and Steve Rogers and you know, all of them that this is happening. And then for a few issues, he kind of goes MIA. He'll, he'll show up in big fight scenes here and there. But then at the end, he has a massive fight with Nick Fury. And Nick Fury's like all decked out. Like he's like Iron Man meets the Punisher towards the end. He's got all these guns and this armor. And he and Nick Fury are fighting and just going going at it in space uh which is a really cool visual um you know nick fury uh trying to take down thor is kind of hilarious but then when you see all the stuff he's decked out with it, it makes a little more sense and at one point in the fight this is probably the probably one of the things that original sin is best known for uh nick fury leans in and he whispers something to thor and instantly thor thor is taken aback and the hammer falls out of his hand and it, it plummets to the moon 
and the rest of the arc you you see <laughs> there we go steven's got it up on his on his uh, on his device right now all the, the the rest of the panels of of the uh of the arc i think all of issue eight thor is trying to lift the hammer and he can't so we know that whatever nick fury whispered to thor it has in some way made him incapable of lifting the hammer so those are the big thor beats of the story but that's the overview and now like uh we'll just we're just gonna open it up and uh talk about a few of the beats um that <laughs> let's start with the ones we didn't like so that well, we also I, i've got questions because yeah. i'm not i, I you're, you're yeah. the thor guy so i want to ask i do want to eventually ask why, this people, i will why answer the best lose, possible <laughs> i don't i didn't understand why i don't know i don't want to take over your the, the the flow of your your show perfectly fine but one question I'd like to ask eventually yeah. is why does he lose the power? Just finding out that he's got, cause we find out elsewhere what that, what the secret is. And the secret is you have a sister. Well, right? so yes. So why does that make him lose his powers to hold the hammer? So Thor learns two things. He, he, he learns two things in this arc. Yeah. So, oh, one key part see this is where the convolution oh because really nick fury doesn't tell me of a sister that's not no. what he tells him is it so no, when, right, when right. the uh so a they even say this in the in the comics a z-list villain named yeah the orb, orb. <laughs> who has a has an eyeball for a head he's a yeah. he's a visual he's just a stunning visual um but he uh he unleashes all the secrets all that the are secrets, held yeah, in uatu's yeah. eye yeah. And the secret that Thor hears in his ear is you have a sister. Yeah. That is not the thing Nick Fury whispers to him. Gotcha. Right. Right. Steven, do you know what Nick Fury whispers to Thor? I can't remember now. Does it come out in the in the Angela storyline? Uh it doesn't. So oh, okay. Go on, tell me. Jason Aaron, being the uh being yeah, the he's great. masterful storyteller he is. Um yeah. and uh his thor run continues with you know jane foster becoming thor and and, and yeah. a beautiful weaving of the theme of worthiness throughout and yeah. then eventually it comes out that the thing that nick fury whispered to thor that was enough you know it, in i'm not making a judgment of whether it was good or bad but it was enough in the story to make him unworthy was that nick fury whispered gore was right and for those of you that who maybe don't know who Gore is, Gore is the God Butcher, who is from the first story oh, that right. Jason Aaron told. And Gore's whole thing was that gods basically are a shit show. Gods that's never right. actually save anybody. And yeah. um, so yeah. that whole thing that gods, you know, gods are, you know, which gods are worthy? Well, according to that's Gore, right. no gods are worthy. And Nick Fury right. says, Gore was right. So, yeah. And, and then in the world of Marvel or in, in, in yes. world, that's that my, that's my layman's story. terms version of, of what, eight years of comics <laughs> and Jason right. masterpiece. Okay. I think so, I must've read that on a Wikipedia or something. Cause I, I was like confused, but that, that's all coming back to me now. Okay. Someday we okay. will cover that issue where Thor learns that secret. And I can't wait to, I can't wait to touch that. It's issue. really weird. Isn't it? That they make these series and they put that in there, like a, like a really important part of the storyline. Yeah, and they never explain it at all. In fact, you have to have read previous well, storylines from eight years previous or whatever it is. Yeah, that's crazy. It's, well, and I, I think that's honestly what, what it could be. The it's my favorite thing as a comic book fan to notice little things throughout the yeah. and you get like, yeah. like an example, uh, a crossover event that I really loved was the King in Black, which came out I believe last year. The King okay. in Black is a big Venom storyline. Okay. It ends with you know all, all these symbiotes coming to Earth and you know trying to trying to take over the Earth. Well, the story had begun being told four years previous in Donny Cates's Venom number one, and they told I, it over. And, and then I'm you know when I went to Disney with my family earlier last year, I was reading King in Black and I was like, oh my gosh, the thing from the thing from the 
oh my gosh, I'm sitting in the back of a van just screaming. And people are like, what in the hell is he so excited about? I'm like, because in issue three of whatever, like, you know, uh, but it can also be really- Do you think they planned it? Or do you think they wrote King in Black and then went back to issue three? Or do you think when he was writing issue three, he thought, oh, I'm going to- You know what? Motion now. I, you know what? It would not shock me. Um, are you familiar with Donny Cates's work, Stephen? I don't think so. What what other stuff has he done? So Donny Cates is uh, he started at uh, he's done some independent stuff like uh, okay. Tom, a Tomahawk, God's Country, uh, books like that. Okay. Uh, God's Country coming to Netflix soon. Uh, okay. And uh, he also wrote Thanos. He wrote a Thanos uh, series when he came to Marvel. Venom okay. and Venom and Thor, I think, would be his biggest like uh continuous titles okay uh, and then he did events like the king in black and i'm sure i'm forgetting something here but right. thor and venom would be his big ones i would say and you think he had it planned or he oh, yeah. put the pieces in place okay at least i would say he at least had it mapped out that far and be just just the way that he's telling thor's story right now um yeah the the end of this incarnation of thor was predicted in the sixth issue of thor like the end of this run will end with a certain person i I won't spoil that for people that haven't read the new the newest run of thor right but um it will end with a showdown with a certain person so what's happening in 2014 when original sin is coming out like when nick fury whispers that into thor's ear what's so, happening in the thor storyline oh my goodness um so there's a well actually so at that time there's a lot going on with loki that's okay. important um in in thor's world not necessarily for original sin purposes but um loki is in the middle of his agent of asgard story oh yeah okay um which is a phenomenal al ewing story which i know yeah, because of a like Hulk, you appreciate yeah. al ewing uh yeah. Odin is kind of off the map right now. Odin went MIA and He's in the hot playing playing chess with death or something. <laughs> oh gosh, I can't, I can't get to that. Uh, but let me let me I'm gonna pull up my I've got my handy dandy iPad here that I'm gonna just I'm gonna fill in a few blanks for myself here because I'm I am my memory is aha aha. So Thor is at the point in the uh the God of Thunder, Jason Aaron run where he's fought okay. Gore. Uh, the God bomb has happened, um, which is a storyline we're going to cover soon. Um, and I'm excited to go revisit. Uh, he's had some fights with Malekith and it's kind of just been, in my opinion, it's been really good Thor stories. Yeah. But nothing really, nothing really crazy different. Like Gore is really great. And then I would say after Original Sin, Jason Aaron gets really creative with okay. how to tell Thor's story because after Original Sin, the story of Thor goes off into the Thor persona of Jane Foster. Yeah. And then the unworthy Thor, which is Thor trying to reconcile, like, how can I become worthy again? Okay. Okay. So we're Original Sin is kind of a, at a cri- crisis point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then it splits off. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, we will in the second half of our conversation, we'll talk about Loki and Angela and how that all adds into the crazy. I do like that idea, though, of a, of a god realizing that he's causing more trouble than like who, who actually has an existential crisis. Like, oh. I am not a good for the world. I should I should stop. So um, I like that. We, we actually we talked about this a few weeks ago with uh, the guys from Systematic Ecology that um thor not thor not being worthy of the hammer could have fallen really flat and i don't believe it did um i i think that when you tell a story about thor rediscovering his godhood i find that compelling um so and some some (laughs) well i'll put this nicely some have been very critical of the jane foster era of thor Right. I really love that era of Thor because Odin's son was going off and 
doing his own thing at the time. It wasn't like Thor was dead. Thor no. was still there. He just yeah. didn't have the mantle and the hammer and, you know. Uh, but I, I, I really think this is a, original sin is a, it's a crossroads of, you know, Jason Aaron telling really good Thor stories, but not anything monumentally different yet. Yeah. And then it intersects with original sin. Okay. And then we go a bunch of different ways after that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that's my, again. I'm also, also, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think what was happening in the uh, Marvel movie universe in 2014? So 2014, because... I believe Dark World was coming out. Okay. Um, let me, I'm going to go, I'm going to look at that right now. Poor old Dark World. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, here, here's my, I promised, uh, this is coming out. So we just did our first Thor movie review uh-huh. as this episode. Like we spent the first two weeks of this year. I promised more movie content and I figured I would give everybody a whole friggin' movie. So we just did our commentary on that. And uh, I've had a few people be like, do, do Dark World and friggin' rip it to shreds. I'm like, I don't want to rip it to shreds. I do have. It's, isn't it interesting it how, movie, like, but... the Avengers Endgame, they, they doubled down on Dark World. Like, they put in scenes, like, Dark World scenes became, like, pivotal to the whole movie. Isn't that Right? Yeah. It kind of yeah. nuts how that uh, that whole thing worked out. No, but I was, but I was just also was thinking from a business point of view. Because the original sin, like you mentioned, it gathers all these different people together, three different teams. Yes. And and it was a really weird mixture of people. And I was just thinking, are these these people are just chosen because they're all in the Marvel movies at the moment, aren't they? Like, well, <laughs> like no, all of the people were there for for reasons not to do with the comic books, as far as I could tell. What do you think? So here's I got I got the outline right here. So yeah. in 2014, uh, both Winter Soldier. And yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy had just come out. Right, exactly. Dark so that's World why had... Bucky Barnes is there all of a sudden. And, so Dark and that's World... why Gamora is there. It's like, come on, I don't. <laughs> and Nick Fury says, I've chosen you all because you're going to replace me or something. You're like, really? <laughs> is that... well, and so you won't be shocked by the movie that came out next. It was Age of Ultron came out next. Right. So, right. Uh, so lots, you're right. Like they do, they do highlight characters um, that, you know, whether whether it was explicitly on purpose or it was like, hey, you might want to do something with Gamora in this. Like, or you well, might yeah, want I did to feel do something with Bucky in this. Like, as a, from a writing point of view, I was like, well, you can tell they were probably being told you have to include these people. But they, and they kind of, they did a good job of it. I thought, I thought Jason, what's his name? Jason Aaron did a good job of it. But, yeah. But the- you also could tell when he was interested and not interested in which characters he actually cared about. Right. Yeah. Cause well, cause there's a lot, like there's a lot of heavy hitters in here, but really yeah. the story centers around characters like Dr. Strange, uh, you yeah. know, the Punisher uh, who just uh, we'll, we'll make this very clear for, um, for uh, fans. Cause I know like the Punisher is at, you know, some, because a new a new Punisher number one is coming out soon, and okay. big stink was made about changing the skull. Oh, really? My two thoughts about the Punisher: he's my least favorite Marvel character. I yeah. do not like the Punisher, uh, and I could give a crap about that skull. I do not care. Uh, you could change it to a friggin' flower, and I wouldn't care. Um, so it's become like the red pill for the Matrix. It's kind of it's been adopted by the kinds of people that uh, creators are like. Wait a second. <laughs> Which, this isn't what we meant you find like some old school fans like come on just take it back i'm like yeah but if you're a big multi-billion dollar company like marvel and disney yeah they don't they don't care uh yeah. uh which you know good good on them for changing it uh but although he makes sense in this story because i, I would like to talk about being vigilante like i'm always interested yeah. when uh comics start to pay attention to what it is to actually be a vigilante what that actually means I do, I do like the pl- the int- the the uh, the communication between him and Strange, uh, right. because Strange is like, I've seen things you know you wouldn't believe, and Punisher's like, I've seen things you wouldn't believe. Like, just because I don't live in this space doesn't mean that I haven't seen horrors. Like, right, right. And, and they have a good little uh, interchange there, but um, uh, but it centers on characters like that. And then here's a character that I want to talk about, uh, Bucky plays an important role in a few of the um surprise beats of this story right. uh because they're trying to figure out you know who killed the watcher and they're you know uh 
you know, all the, the information is being sprinkled about. We don't really get huge chunks of information at a time. And Bucky, at one point, uh, it's believed that he kills Nick Fury. But we find out it's a lifetime decoy. Is there anybody in, in reading original Sin crossover event in 2014 that actually thinks Nick Fury got killed at that moment? I'm so surprised they haven't done life model decoys of him in, in the MCU yet. Because it's kind of a, it's kind yeah. of a thing. Like, yeah, I know. It's just, that's what it is. Like, All right. Okay, there it is. There's the life model decoy. Okay. And, and <laughs> Nick, like the real Nick Fury shows up, you know, the real you know, quotes Nick Fury. Yeah shows up super old Nick Fury. And for a few issues, he tells this story about how he has, he has been protecting the Marvel universe from the monsters yeah, yeah. That nobody knew about. This is, this is, I have, I, this is where I have issues here. I want to talk about. This. So, <laughs> and, and he, 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 he and Howard Stark, uh, you know, developed yeah. this plan that, you know, uh, the world only knows about the one monster that got through. They don't know about the other nine that yeah. Nick Fury had to take out. Uh, before they reach the surface pretty much um you know and whether that's supernatural aliens the underworld uh and he refers to himself as the man on the wall and at the end of the story uh nick says you know one of you he's looking at this group of heroes and he says one of you will take my position and it ends up being bucky barnes yeah bucky barnes becomes the man on the wall so um that's a theme from the story that i did I, it's it's like one of the things did i like it i don't know if i liked it but I, I i definitely don't hate all of it but what was your thoughts about the so is that i mean first of all just from a bucky before thing. we talk about the meaning of it yeah, yeah, yeah is bucky barnes now i mean in the in the marvel right now in the in the comic universe is bucky barnes the watcher on the wall and is nick fury still the watcher so i'll be honest i don't actually know what those characters are up to like that is a detail that that I, I dip my toe into Marvel every once in a while and I yeah. totally miss those details. If that's still the case, I miss well, those. And there's been about what 15 major events since then. And, um, and making Bucky Barnes the person I see this is this is the thing that I find it this is where we're getting into like the pol- the real world politics of Marvel, which I always find interesting. <laughs> well, I'm surprised they didn't make Captain America, but I suppose they needed Captain America for other things. They needed somebody who was yeah. I, I, I a U.S. soldier who wasn't important to the Marvel universe, so they cool. can stick him on the moon, right? So, so I think I think the the reason why you don't do Cap is because that Nick and Cap had this conversation that Cap Cap was like, "But we've stopped everything. We we've stopped everything." And Nick's like, "You stopped everything that you knew about." Isn't this just the Illuminati storyline? How is this different than what Bendis did? years ago uh, honestly tonally it it feels very much like yeah, you know, yeah it's the we, illuminati with z list people it's weird or maybe d list <laughs> honestly the person that i think you know as much as i maybe don't love him as a character the person you put as the man on the wall is the punisher right in yeah. my opinion because yeah. he he literally does not care like yeah he yeah. put a gun in his hand and a target in front of him and he's gonna overzealously go at that. Um, I think he would have made perfect sense as that. But I, you know, I'm I'm sitting here in my dining room in the middle of Nebraska, and Jason Aaron is actually a few hours down the road in Kansas City. But he's probably writing better stuff than I am. Guaranteed, he's <laughs> writing better stuff than I am. <laughs> but there was this idea, which I don't. I mean, this is my real world observations and politics coming in. But you okay. know, this idea of they make it explicit, right? That like Nick Fury was this undercover essentially cia agent type person who was doing all the dirty work he's basically from he's the jack nicholson character from uh, you know where you can't handle the truth right he's just that what's yeah, that movie I'm, I'm blanking on the a name few good movie. men a few good men yeah and it's this story that that uh, uh, people um, americans especially like to tell themselves about themselves right like we do bad things. Uh, our our people do bad things in order to keep us so that we can sleep at night. And yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 Nick Fury is like explicitly saying that that that's what yes. he does. And I'm I was saying, he's almost saying would, like, you should be grateful that I did this, right? And yeah. I would really like this is one of those examples where I thought 
that the idea was smarter than the execution of it or okay or they pulled their punches i feel like maybe the writers wanted to say more but they were not really allowed to that they like to use the language like the vigilant that i think comics are at their best i think somebody like alan moore or somebody is at his bet like he's really good at saying actually the whole idea of a vigilante which is uh somebody who puts themselves like a punisher puts yeah. themselves above and outside the law in order to you know put his vision of justice on the world yeah those people actually make the world worse like it doesn't solve anything it doesn't actually solve anything it actually just yeah. creates more and more and more violence right and and i feel like that idea whenever it shows up in comics especially about superheroes who are vigilantes almost yeah. by definition i'm always so interested in that i'd love to see them go further with that and they almost never do they always kind of retreat back into that comfortable like oh well at least we've got good people doing bad things for good motives or something like yeah. that and it sort of it does bother me because it's yeah. like that's not that you know that that's an idea that needs to be examined a lot better like a few good men does it where yeah jack nicholson isn't a good guy he's actually a bad guy you know yeah 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 it's and, and, yeah and nick fury is kind of he's a bad guy but they don't really have the guts to say it i don't think <laughs> uh well and they they they, they the, the the um the superheroes that go and try to confront him they say like uh black panther is very emphatic like answer the question who killed yeah. the winter answer yeah. I'm, not, I'm not gonna forget who did it yeah and you have characters like t'challa who are kind of in a lot of in a lot of rooms if you're gonna fill a room with marvel heroes a guy like t'challa steve rogers they're probably going to be the moral conscience in the room yeah right yeah, um yeah, yeah. or as moral as a conscience in that room can yeah. get um and so he's like answer answer the damn question yeah, and yeah. Nick's like, fine, I did it. Fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and Nick's rationale is so warped. He's like, he saw too much. And but does and, now I think it's warped, but does the comics think it's warped? Are we is it a warped view if within the Marvel universe, or is he being presented as the hero, or is he being yeah. presented as warped, do you think? So I I uh, in the last few panels of number eight. Awatu yeah. says, I have seen, in a layman's terms, he says, I've seen so much, I've seen enough. Right. And I think there's a lot in there, actually, that's packed in, because Iwatu has watched since the dawn of our yeah. universe. And so he's seen everything. And, and at some point, you have all that cosmic power, but at some point, I've seen too much death. I've seen too much you know, destruction. I've seen too much lying. I've seen too much of this. I'm just, I'm done. I'm yeah. done. I'm done watching. And I think Owatu's story is more tragic. <laughs> um, honestly, well, uh, his dad, like the whole, he's put in that his father was the one who started the whole council of the watchers or whatever it is. Right. That's in order to make sure no genocide ever happened. Hey, oh, I, the, I think Owatu gets a really bad, he gets a raw deal in this. <laughs> right. Like, you got to stay here and watch. You can't interact. Also, when you're done, like nobody, there's nobody, you know. I didn't understand that because the, the backstory that we get in like, is it issue zero is, yeah. Uh, oh, the watchers all started because at one time there was, there was a, a race of people and the watchers intervened and then the it led to nuclear holocaust for this race yep. of people. And so the watchers said, okay, we're never going to do that again. Um, but then they preside over watching all these different humans genocide each other all the time anyway. And you're like, yeah. what, what was it you didn't want to do? You, you didn't want to stop genocide or you didn't want to interfere with. So I didn't or, quite understand. You didn't want to interfere. You didn't want to interfere with genocide or you just didn't yeah. cause genocide. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> so you think the interference was the problem, not the genocide. That's <laughs> either way. The genocide is happening. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of weird. It's like, we're going to watch genocide because once yeah. a long time ago we interfered and there was genocide and that, that made us feel so bad. So now we're never going to interfere again. We're just going to watch the genocide. You're going to go, you're going to watch a whole planets destroy yeah. themselves and what, because nothing else good was on. But like again, <laughs> I, I would have liked to have seen that idea played out a bit better. Right. But anyway, so and now I'm not quite sure how Bucky 
Oh no, how Nick Fury is going to be the Watcher now because well, yeah, I haven't followed up on that part. I really only followed up on the Thor part. Did you notice that he's chained? Did you notice there's this yes. panel where he's he's got a chain around? Now, that's interesting. That's like he's not allowed to. He's physically not allowed to intervene now. He can't intervene. <laughs> so so we. We, we picked apart parts of it. Yeah. Uh, and apologies for those of you that were looking for a linear breakdown of Original Sin. There's just so much here. It, it's, it's a, yeah. it, a storyline that spanned almost a full year of Marvel Comics. So there's a lot here. But I want to know, okay. Stephen, what were some of your favorite parts of this story um, in these main issues? And we'll cover Thor and Loki next week. Oh, I, I enjoyed I can't really, uh, I, I can't remember all the different characters but I really enjoyed the fact there's three different teams. Yeah. And they're all being manipulated in different ways. So there's Captain America and who's, who's on his team. Well, he's investigating. Cap is cap is kind of running the main Avengers team. And right. then there's Dr. Strange and the Punisher. Yeah. Then there's Moon Knight, Gamora and Bucky. Yeah. And then there's T'Challa, uh, Ant-Man and yeah. Emma Frost. It's just the weirdest collection of people. <laughs> Emma Frost feels like you thrown in there. Like we needed an X Man. We needed an X Man. In what? In what justification is like we need somebody who's potentially going to replace the Watcher? I know Ant Man. They even call it out in there uh, when Nick Fury's like, "One of you will replace me," and and Scott Lang's (laughs) like, "Me? Me? You you know what I do, right?" Oh so, my goodness. I mean, I, I just felt like that was that kind of stuff made me laugh because it was so obviously that the yeah. characters had been foisted on the writers because Ant-Man was big that year or whatever. And then the writers Ant-Man, just went, all right. Ant-Man was going to come out the next year. It's kind of like, fine, we'll put Ant-Man in, but we ain't going to like it. Like, we're going to make fun of it. <laughs> and But I quite enjoyed that uh, dynamic of, of different teams doing stuff yeah. for different reasons. And they didn't know, they each didn't know why they were there kind of thing. So yeah, that, yeah. I thought that was I quite enjoyed the whodunit side of it as well. Yeah. I genuinely didn't know who killed the Watcher. Um, I don't know. I found that sort of interesting. And I wasn't even... Like, when, when, when it was revealed that Nick Fury was the killer, it wasn't like an annoying... It wasn't like a twist. Like, it wasn't yeah. a dumb twist. And it also made sense. Like, it, I hadn't, like, totally predicted it, but I also wasn't annoyed when they did it, you know? So... Yeah, yeah, I, I, I thought it was pretty well for a for an event book. It actually held together pretty well, and it had some good, it had fun storylines going through. And I enjoyed the, yeah. the Punisher and Doctor Strange together. I don't think I've ever seen those two in one story. Honestly, as much as I don't appreciate, <laughs> don't appreciate. As much as I'm just not, I'm just not a Punisher fan. Oh, um, yeah. I did find their team up to be hilarious and right. also philosophically distinct. Yeah. Um, like I thought that those two were, it's, it's like an odd, cu- it's like an odd couple. It's like, well, these two things don't belong. And like, well, they both want to protect people. They just have different ways of going about it. And they, 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 yeah. they believe in retribution for wrong because Dr. Strange says several times in the last few things like Nick, you killed thousands of, of beings. Yeah. Like, you're not different than Frank here. Yeah, you're not different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You just feel more justified. Yeah. So, but everybody has this. This is that back to the real world politics. Everybody always thinks that they are good. Yeah. Nobody's acting because they think it's bad, right? Like even Hitler didn't think he was being evil, right? Like nobody oh, yeah. thinks they're being evil. And I quite, yeah. So I, I quite enjoy that. The different groups were, they all had justifications, which in their mind they were doing the right thing. But what they weren't noticing was they're actually just leaving just utter chaos. Like they're just yeah. violence, just breeding violence over and over and over again. It's not actually solving anything. And I, I, I don't know. I quite enjoyed that. I would have liked to have seen some other voices in, in these books sort of pressing some of those, like the Punisher a bit more or Nick Fury a bit more. Yeah. I can't remember. Did St- Stephen Strange, does he, he doesn't take that kind of view, does he? He's not. Uh, what what type of view he's quite critical of punisher i thought isn't oh yeah yeah he yeah they, they they don't they don't end the story as best friends um no they they end in an un- trying to remind myself of how they end they end it in a very uneasy like um 
like we need to figure this out but like we don't need to like each other right um very much like let's just get the job done and go our separate ways um and what about the villains like so we we get i don't understand what what yeah. What was he trying to do with them? Like Oblette or what's her name? Dominatrix or whatever yeah. her name is. <laughs> what is her I, name? I don't remember. I don't remember how to pronounce her name, but like Midas, uh, you know, the, I she honestly like the thing. I, I had to actually, I genuinely had to look up like, is this yeah. some version of the thing? I don't know. Of thing. I, I don't honestly, know. they were probably my least favorite part of the whole story. Cause I was like, I could have, I, the, the whole story could have existed without them. Without them. Cause they were just, robbing the watcher for his weapons yeah, like yeah i didn't feel like they deserved to be around for six seven issues yeah it was kind of weird and then i mean if anything they could have made the orb they, they hit that he becomes like a, a another kind of vigilante yeah like see a, everything. Kind of like a like a freak almost like a like a perverted watcher um, it would have been nice to see him become really powerful instead he just becomes kind of a pervert yeah, yeah, it's but his last scene. Uh, yeah, he, he busts in on on. Uh, I'm presuming a describe a very uh, mistreated uh, wife. Yeah, it looks is, like a revenge. Yeah, like threatening her husband, and yeah. she says to to the orb, I'm "Like you're not going to stop me." And he's like, "Oh no, no, I just want to watch." Like, see, that reminded me of real like I had I got real like Neil Gaiman Sandman vibes. Yeah, something. like yeah. Neil Gaiman presents just this panel. Just, yeah, it yeah. was it, it was like a vertigo line. It was like when yeah. I used to sort of read horror comics and didn't quite understand what I was reading when I was a kid. To me, that was a really the, the orb was like a whole different character, which yeah. I actually quite enjoyed. That I found the fact that he was sort of slimy and odd. Yeah, I actually liked that. I wish they'd just focused on him as a villain, and they didn't need all the other his team. They didn't need the yeah. team at all. They just needed him. I think so that so they could have done more with the orb or it's like hey if that's the direction you want to go in like go full bore like go, go yeah. at it but like um some of the i think some things where it just um it seemed like there was so much going on that i was like oh right yeah nick fury is the main character and uatu is the main character like if you think that anybody else is the main character you're probably going to get confused uh, because people come in and out all yeah. the time and we have like a secondary group, but really it's Nick Fury and Uatu. And I, I was yeah. more interested in, in Uatu's story because when, yeah. we, when we agreed to do this, I went and read issue zero right away. And Uatu's yeah. story is actually really good. Yeah, it's really like, sweet. And I, they never, it, there's no payoff to that. It's like I, he has a little, so young Nova, right? Who is, 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 the, uh, is Sam Alexander? The, that's the Sam Alexander uh, Nova. Is he one of the young, the new event, the young Avengers or something? So after, um, after this, uh, the newer run of Avengers after this was all new, all different Avengers. And it was like Miles okay. Morales, Spider-Man, Jane Foster, Thor, Sam Wilson, uh, Captain America, and Sam Alexander Nova was a part of that team. I do believe. Right. Okay. So, so I didn't really know. I didn't really know who he was, but I knew who Nova was. But I quite enjoyed the fact that he he was like the first person to to offer a token of friendship to the Watcher, and the Watcher keeps he he has nothing. He keeps no keepsakes at all, or no record of anything, except he does yeah. keep the one little gift that this Nova gave him. Yeah, I thought that was really sweet, but it didn't really yeah. lead to anything, did it? It didn't become part of the storyline. So this gets to my favorite thing about the, the okay the series. Issue zero was my favorite. Yeah, I think so too. I agree because like it's yeah, i agree i kind of um if i were going to retcon this which uh, you know who am i to critique jason aaron's work but um i would have maybe made nova the point of view character um yeah. for this just to kind of yeah. give it a, a feeling of innocence but also um at the end i wonder if i wonder if it would just would have been better for no one to have killed the watcher you do like you know, say, who killed the watcher like you know say his like space station blows up or whatever and like oh who killed yeah. the watcher and maybe you just have it to where like nova's trying to bring the watcher back like hey no you've seen so much you know there's still hope like we can still we can yeah we can i mean because we we said that nick fury does it i mean nick fury does technically kill the watcher but it is revealed that the watcher has essentially 
orchestrated it all so that Nick Fury will kill him. So it's yes. it's suicide by Nick Fury, basically. Yeah, it's a it's a weird, convoluted, assisted suicide. Because I've seen too I've seen too much, and uh, yeah, and I, I would have loved to have seen this Nova friendship where Nova talks him yeah. off the ledge. Yeah, right. They set it up, and then never he never shows up again. That that friendship doesn't pay off no. in the end. Yeah. Issue zero was my favorite because yeah, it, it was a really good issue. And yeah. honestly, as a standalone comic, it was just really good. And I really didn't had some artwork that. was kind of Kirby like, and I don't know, it just had something trippy um, about it. Did you like the Mike Diodato uh, artwork for the main series? What did you think of the artwork? I I liked it, but I find it sort of generic, I guess now. Oh, okay. In a kind of a Marvel generic house style. Um. I was often I confused by the shadowing. Um, right. So much. Well, and in some panels, it was really powerful because he uses shadow to, you know, elicit this um, this mysterious quality, which is good because the, yeah. the, the whole storyline is a mystery. Um, but sometimes I'm just like, oh, Mike, it's so, it's so dark. Just give me some light. Give me some right. color. Um, but I think they were more going for a tone, a tonal art style of mystery and shadow and espionage uh yeah as opposed to clarity and because it's not a bright sunny story so it definitely reminded you... me of, of reading dark of like was it the dark avengers is that storyline or yeah yeah it definitely reminded me of reading those kind of books Who's yeah the, the artist for that oh goodness oh, let's uh let's go to the so yeah i've got all the all the real comic nerds are screaming right now at the at their headphones but oh they'll be fine <laughs> but to me uh, i that's yeah it's all seems with the dark it didn't seem very fun but i suppose it's not meant to be fun and playful right that maybe that's why i liked issue zero because it, it, it seemed to be more of that trippy space adventure do you want to know the irony of who who drew dark avengers yeah it was mike yeah, <laughs> there you go so the i i noticed it without even noticing yeah, it yeah yeah that was that uh i was like oh man that the, i looked at the first cover of uh the first cover of that and i was like man that looks a lot like yep yep that's him uh so I okay see so maybe <laughs> maybe i'm not maybe it's not a marvel house style maybe it's just because i'm reading too much mike diodato maybe maybe um maybe this is probably uh why we liked the first issue it's a one shot done by mark wade yeah who is a great yeah. author of so many yeah. characters yeah um but anyway i mean that do we have any other like final thoughts i think maybe one question was like overall yeah did you enjoy this story did it did it like did it scratch the itch of being a satisfying good read or was there stuff left on the table i just kind of want to know like your final thoughts about uh, original sin and maybe not something you wanted to talk about that we didn't talk about Oh, I, I, I actually did like it. Uh, I wanted, I, I, I wanted to see more of Thor, but I guess we'll talk about Thor next week, yeah. <laughs> but I wanted to, I liked it. And I also enjoyed that. It was a really clever way of setting up lots of other stories that might spin off into different areas. Yeah. Um, but I, I also at the same time, didn't find myself that interested in what all those different stories might be. I just thought the idea was really good. Yeah. But I wasn't like, oh, I've got to find out what they all are. Um, but I liked it and I enjoyed I enjoyed the the mystery that was being set up because I hadn't read that much before in a Marvel book. Yeah. So yeah, I thought I thought it worked quite well. And in terms yeah. of big events, it was it was one of the more enjoyable big events that I've read uh it, of the ones that i mentioned before so yeah and, and I agree. Like um there was there was some character moments that I thought were really good. Um I think Steve Steve Rogers has a few moments in here where it's just Cap Cap always being Cap. Um, yeah, I, um, Cap is you know next to Thor. Cap's my guy, and I just but they love... just leave him in the dark though, don't they? I mean, they don't even tell yeah. him. Which is, I think, sometimes he never finds out. Sometimes people, I think, in comics and sometimes even a little bit in the movies, there's this thing of like, well, don't tell Cap because Cap can't handle it yeah right he can he can fight you know he can fight a whole group of soldiers and you know beat them up with a metal big metal frisbee but like he can't handle the dark side of the marvel universe it's like 
the dude's seen more than most of you have seen. Like just because yeah. he's not just because he's not an asshat about it doesn't mean he can't handle stuff. Um, which I thought that was a little bit of a shift at the end. I was like, yeah, he's not he's not a kid. Like he's I didn't a, think they um, used him very well. Like so they if they were going to bring in all these Z list people, which they did, or whatever F list, <laughs> some of them, but and they used oh, those guys. But then they brought in the A-listers and they just didn't really hardly use them at all. They almost yeah. like literally sidelined them. I mean, Cap yeah. is just left in the dark the whole time. Yeah. Because and everything's I, happening behind behind yeah. closed doors. And I feel like this story, like you said before, with the with the villains, this story could have had half as many heroes in it, and it could have been the same story told just as well. Yeah. You didn't need all the people in it. I didn't really understand why they were all there. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I I, I think though. Overall, like yeah, we saying, it's good. Overall, yeah. I love the idea of a Marvel crossover event being a murder mystery and yeah. it not being like, oh, this alien invasion or, or this, you know, the fabric of reality is splitting apart. It's like, no, we just need to get to the bottom of this because it's very important. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I thought that was awesome. I like, and I like the idea of a, of a villain, like the orb walking around revealing everyone's secrets. I quite enjoy that as a as a catastrophe awaiting to happen that all your secrets are going to be revealed that, that was clever so as we transition out of the actual movie talk uh yeah. the actual uh, arc of original syntax i wanted to uh, ask i'll probably ask a few guests this throughout the weeks afterwards um Stephen, what did you think of Spider-Man No Way Home since it was such a big monumental movie? It has nothing to do with Thor, but I so don't care. Uh, it was that good. I, we could make a Thor connection. There's, yeah, besides yeah. just, you know, what, what Thor connection can we make to the... To they the, both showed up in this arc. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I liked it. I've just seen it. So it's, uh, I just right. saw it a few hours ago, actually. Oh, I awesome. took some time off work and I snuck away and saw it by myself. So that was fun. I liked it a lot. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, to me, it was, um, yeah, we, we can talk about spoilers here, can't we? Is, are we at, allowed to at this point, the movie will have been out for a month, and um, uh, we've already done a bonus episode on it, so have it. I was genuinely surprised by some of the characters that showed up, and I was yeah. really glad to see Daredevil. I was really glad to see. I was surprised when Andrew Garfield showed up and because you stayed away from spoilers right i i paid attention i i knew that spoilers were going to be a problem for that movie and i deliberately stayed away from it yeah i'd heard rumors so what i thought was that people were hoping that andrew garfield would show up and that he wasn't going to so i was happily like spoiled the other way because i thought oh crap i've ruined the movie now because he's not going to show up and i i was thinking that would be fun so i was actually happily spoiled the other way and uh and i really enjoyed that 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 those guys weren't just bit parts. They were like Agreed. properly characters. They had character arcs. They had real emotional scenes yeah. together. And there were scenes where it was Spidey 1 and Spidey 2 and Spidey 3 wasn't even there. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I really liked that, actually. And I really liked that that he got to rescue MJ and didn't... Oh, uh, so like that. Yeah, that, that got me. I enjoyed that a lot. Uh, it got me better, th- more than I thought it would, actually. Yeah, yeah. Like, the scene on the rooftop got me uh, where they're all talking about the people that they've lost and yeah. how, how they've had to learn responsibility with power the hard way, which I know the words responsibility with power probably give you a, a chronic headache, but, um, but I liked, I, I enjoyed the fact that they went for it as well. They had that may yeah. actually deliver the line and they just no irony, no joke. They just did it. And that was quite, that was quite good. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was, and yeah. I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying these Marvel. What are we now? Is it 4.0? Like what, what wave we are, are we? Yeah. In we are in though? phase four. Yep. Like I'm quite enjoying the human. They're really slowing down for, for human interactions now. Yeah. So like if you're, I don't know if you're watching Hawkeye, I'm sure you're watching Hawkeye. I will, um, so as of this recording, we are recording the day that the last uh, episode of Hawkeye comes out. Right. So um, I'll be watching that soon. Yeah. I'll be watching it probably right after we get done with this. So, uh, you know, there's, I mean, that's fun. The daredevil connection there and Kingpin and stuff, but uh, like, I'm just enjoying this, this turn to the Marvel human element actually. Yeah. And I noticed Indeed. it with black widow. Like I know, people don't love black widow but 
I rewatched it the other day with with my wife, and it really, yeah. I, I, it has it improved on a second watch quite a lot actually. Yeah, I just thought, yeah, they're doing something here, like Black Widow, Hawkeye, uh, WandaVision. I didn't like uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier very much, but they are like opening up human yeah. feeling and emotion, and it's fun. I like it. Yeah, I like it a lot more. And if you and she and my wife, she really enjoyed Black Widow. She's like, "Oh, do you think I'd like the other ones?" And I was like, "I don't think you would, because <laughs> I think what you liked about Black Widow is not what you'd get if you went back and watched the Avengers, for example." Yeah, like Dark Widow, uh, Black Widow is a much yeah. darker tone, um, and it's it's really raw. Like, yeah, and she really liked the sister, like the the sister interactions with, yes. with Yelena and and Natasha and. And she really loved that stuff. And she's like, oh, I want to watch more of these. And I was like, I don't think those interactions don't happen in the other ones. Yeah, so. there's not a lot of other, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily call their relationship a healthy sibling relationship, but it's uh, more positive than like Thor and Loki is. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, it's, there's usually in a sibling relationship in the Marvel universe, either they hate each other or they like each other. And down the road, one of them is going to turn on the other. We um, had a fun experience because I'm watching uh, Hawkeye with my wife. Okay. And we, so she, her first exposure to Yelena was in Hawkeye. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where she has that great scene, right. With, with, yes. uh, with Kate Bishop. And, and that was, and that was such a great scene. And yeah. my wife just loved it. And I was like, Oh, maybe you'd like Black Widow. We, then. So we definitely need to watch Black Widow now. So then we went oh, back wow. and watched Black Widow and I saw it for the second time. And I was like, this movie is better than I thought it was the second time through. Right. And then, yeah, so now, so this is fun. So Yelena is, and Hawkeye is my wife's entry point, really, into the Marvel Universe. Really? But so She's that... seen some of it. She's seen some of them before. And she likes Thor. She thinks Thor, by the way, just to get us back onto movies, we we enjoyed the Thor. She enjoys the Thor movies as well. So she gets well, the humor of those. So He's, you know, it's Thor's dreamboat. He's, well, um, that's true as well. Yeah, he's pretty. He's pretty he easy to look at Thor. I get to look at <laughs> you later. So uh, if I'm ever feeling too good about myself, I, I I look at a picture of Chris Hemsworth and I'm like, no, we've got more work to do. Um, so <laughs> so anyway, uh, in conclusion, Spider-Man, yeah. brilliant, great fun, yeah. uh, human human touches. The surprises were yeah. were genuinely surprising to me. Anyway, I know I wasn't. It's I, no, I avoided the spoilers. You and, had more uh, strength than most. So yeah, and I but I'm a Spidey guy. I mean, I, yeah. I, I I'm I'm going into Thor because I'm a friend with you, but it's Spider-Man, really. That's that's the yeah. guy that I grew up with, and he, that's the guy whose comics I have on my back wall and that kind of stuff. So. And and you know what? I've got a four-year-old son who, you know, he could care less about he could care less about all of dad's spider uh, Thor stuff. Thor stuff. He, you know, I think we got him like four or five different presents for Christmas that were all Spider-Man because yeah. we're, we're actually by, by the time this airs, we will have taken him to the Spider-Man movie and it'll be like the first superhero movie he gets to see in the theater. Cause he has okay. no interest in the other ones. Will um, he understand this one though. This one's pretty, it throws you in the deep. Well, end so here's the thing. He, he likes the villains a lot. So I think right. he'll be able to notice the villains and, um, uh, I think he'll. I think he'll have fun with the fight scenes. I might take him out of the room for the uh, goblin uh, killing ant. Yeah, right. Um, but I'm like, let's go get popcorn now. <laughs> and don't let him watch. I don't know about you, but the the trailers at the beginning of my one was from Mo Mobius, the living vampire Morbius. Yeah, I, we we might skip. Like, yeah, that's a bit scary. <laughs> we might skip Mobius. <laughs> that was a bit too scary. I was like, that's a weird tone. There were a lot of kids in in the cinema where I was watching it. And they liked the Spider-Man, but I thought that trailer is was not the right trailer for this. That's gonna trailer. hit like a ton of bricks. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't nice. <laughs> but man, uh, this—I mean—we're gonna wrap up this part of our conversation, and next week we're gonna actually get into the side story from Original Sin, uh, the Tenth Realm. Yeah, let's so do it. Everyone, that's going to do it for our conversation with Stephen today. Hope you enjoyed our breakdown of the main story from Original Sin. 
Steven's going to be back next week to break down the Thor and Loki-centric side story that went along with Original Sin. But until then, I hope you go check him out on social media. Go check out his own podcast, Tent Theology. It's a fantastic look at current events through a specific uh, faith-based lens. Steven has really been you know, helpful and supportive of just some of the personal things I've been going through over the last few years. But Steven is a great guy. He was a great co-host on this episode. Before we wrap up for that, I want to give you a Ryan Recommends for this week's episode. So I've been reading a lot of great comics lately, and one of the best ones that I've read, it truly has captured my imagination and it's been such a fun read, has been the new uh, recent limited series Dark Ages from Tom Taylor from Marvel Comics. Dark Ages is an alternate universe storyline of what would happen if the Marvel Universe existed without electricity. A Basically, a villain is able to um, cause a big enough problem where Doctor Strange has to send an EMP from another universe throughout the universe that's in this comic. And we're able to see how our heroes would interact, how the world would deal with a super-powered world without electricity. It's a very fundamental concept, but the way that Tom Taylor threads this idea through all these different character plots is just phenomenal. So go check out Marvel Comics Dark Ages if you want to check out just a fun comic. It's so it's such a good read. So go check that out. And then while you're checking that out, don't forget to go over to our social media on Instagram. We are at the Mighty Thor Podcast. You can check us out there and we would love to have a conversation with you if you have questions about the show. If you want to share some of your favorite Thor comics, some Thor images, tag us in those. We would love to see those. And also you can go over to Facebook, join our free public group. We just ask that you be courteous and kind to the people that are already there. There's people there that want to talk Thor with you. If you enjoy Thor, that's a great group to be a part of. Next week, like I said, we are going to be doing the 10th Realm Thor and Loki Original Sin side story with Steven. He's going to be coming back. And in a few weeks, I was trying to think about this. In a few weeks, we are going to start a complete beginning to end retrospective of Jason Aaron's Thor run. So be prepared for that. We are going to dig into that for the movie to preview the movie. It's going to be like a five-month preview. It's going to be fantastic. You're going to enjoy it. I just want you to know that that is coming up on the show. That's going to be our big theme for the first half of this year. So you know you know how to be subscribed on iTunes, follow us on Spotify, you can rate and review us. Those would be great ways to help the show and to just ensure that more Thor fans can find us. Until then, friends, as I tell you every single week, I love to tell you this, I love to remind you of this, maybe you need to hear this today. Wherever you are in the Nine Realms, I encourage you, stay worthy.